Welcome to The Fallout, a podcast that examines the falsehoods that exist in the church and the fallout that ensues, all the while promoting sound biblical theology and, of course, a bit of fun along the way. I'm your host, Box of Rocks Theologian, coming at you from the deep south where legalism is a well that never runs dry. And in the co-pilot seat today, the last emperor of the West, the transnational theophobe himself, Cy Ben. Thank you, thank you. All the pleasure's yours. And last but not least, our special guest, all the way from the other side of our northern border, the friendly neighborhood continuationist, Trudeau's love child himself, Dwayne Green, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's me in the flesh. Trudeau's love child. Well, you shouldn't be in the flesh, you should be in the spirit. I'm just saying. So I guess it's my turn to offer a cultural update. Uh, As you guys know, I've been working on a documentary about the falsehoods that exist in the African church. And as a part of that project, I created a separate video to promote the Bible college that, uh, that I've been asked to manage in Malawi, Africa. Um, I posted it on online last week to get some feedback from everyone and surprise, surprise, neither of you offered any feedback. I'm curious to know your excuses. What say you, Sai? I just didn't care. I mean, it was you after all, so I just thought, you know, I've got better things to do with my time. Right. Yeah, I, I figured as much. And how about you, Dwayne? Uh, feedback? <laughs> yeah, feedback. Never heard of her. Uh, okay. Train wreck it is. All right, then. Um, <laughs> well, uh, today we're going we're gonna to go ahead and go on into our, our main topic then. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the I declare, speak into existence, name it and claim it theology. Uh, we're going to have, have a, a look at a few short clips and do our best to contain ourselves. Um, so here we go. Uh, the first clip is from... Joel Osteen's bestie, uh, Mr. John Gray. So let's have a listen. Words do three things. I want you to write these down. Words create. They create your reality. Speak that which is not as though it is. Words convene. When you speak what's on God's mind, everything connected to that has to show up. Words create. Words convene. Finally, words conquer. It was the sound of a shout that made those walls fall at Jericho. Wow. Well, that was a first-class dumpster fire, if I've ever seen one. Uh, First, he said that words create your reality and butchered Romans 4.17, which actually says God gives life to to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. God does that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we declare reality. And then he says words convene. Uh, And when you speak what's on God's mind, everything connected to that has to show up. Of course, we don't find this anywhere in scripture. Uh, You know, the, obviously he's getting it from the book of second opinions, chapter three. Uh, And, you know, 30 says that words conquer like a shout brought down Jericho, but that was by the miraculous power of God, not the powerless noise of Israel. Uh, Wouldn't you guys agree? Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, 
what what are your thoughts on this this John Gray clip and um you know what what kind of danger does this this you know this kind of theology bring um well they all use the same thing Romans 4:17 uh, basically saying that God who gives life to the dead can call into being that which does not exist. So instantly, they're equating themselves to the the level of God, that they are little gods, you know, as we hear Joyce Meyer often say. So because God lives within you, you have the power of God within you so that you can call into being that which does not exist. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, there's God and you're not him. It's as simple as that. But what they tend to miss, in my opinion, is is the very beginning of 4.17. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. So this is talking about the story of Abraham. It's got nothing to do with the power that God is going to actually give you. It's tying it into the context there, which is all about Abraham, not you. God doesn't say, Abraham, you can call into being that which does not exist. No, it's talking about how mighty and awesome God actually is. I don't see the problem here. Why can't we just let scripture say what it actually says instead of taking a verse out of its context, applying it to us and using our narcissus, so we can sound so super awesome. It's, it's dog crap. Yeah. Well, uh, what, what do you think, Dwayne? Well, I, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and, and one thing to point out, I think, is is this whole idea of using our own words to create things. I mean, I, I, I suppose there's a sense where our, our words have some kind of power. And uh, James talks about the same, or the same mouth proceedings, blessings, and and cursings. And so, in, in that sense, the things that you say can instigate things that you know, whether good or bad. We do have the ability to encourage or discourage, or the ability to uh, start a war with our words. That uh, you know, depending on where um, <clears throat> where you are as far as authority is concerned. But the ultimate authority and power comes from God. And the only being capable of creating anything with words would be God himself. And you see that, of course, in Genesis. Um, God said, let there be light. God said, let the trees bring forth. You know, all of that stuff there. And this comes down to, it, it just amazes me at the audience that these people get. And, and how many people like swamp around them to hear what they're saying. And it... To me, it brings to mind in, in Timothy, it talks about people having itching ears and heaping up to them, themselves teachers to basically hear what they want to hear. And so with a lot of these like false teachers, that's exactly what they're doing. They're just itching the ear, gaining a crowd and pulling people together, perhaps for their own ego. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are genuine, <laughs> genuinely wrong, but I, I don't know. Um, well, what was the name of this guy again? Uh, was it? It was John Gray. John Gray. I've I've never heard of him <laughs> up to oh, now. Oh wow! So wow. Um, you, but uh, you must uh, avoid the the TV shows. Yeah, he's not very colorful <laughs> <That's right>. either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's. But I think Dwayne touched on it there. Dwayne actually touched on the topic there. In my opinion, is you know they take Romans four seventeen, the last part of it, and then they'll couple it with Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So obviously you've got to be careful what you keep speaking to existence. 
but again, you know, it's it's taking those scriptures out of context again because Proverbs eighteen and twenty one is talking about man, what man actually does. Um, you know, we have to be careful what we can say. We can we can crush somebody with the words that we use, or we can lift somebody up and encourage them with the words that we actually use. So if you want to say, you know, kind of be careful what you're saying, yeah, I get it. We can do that. But I'm not creating a future for somebody by encouraging them to go out and be a, a one-legged marathon runner when they've got two legs and they have to cut another leg off. No, that's just kind of stupid. I can't speak into an illogical situation and make somebody do something that's just impossible to do. Yeah, you know, we're we're told in you know within the scriptures that we should lift one another up and encourage one another, and I believe that's what Proverbs eighteen is talking about. Just be wise in what words we're using. We're called to be ambassadors, so we're supposed to be good representatives of Christ. And we see this all the time. I mean, we have discussions online a lot with a lot of people, and you see that a lot of Christians are very. Uh, destructive with their words you know tearing you down if you don't believe the way that they do they're not showing the grace that has been bestowed upon us and i believe we can express that grace through the power of the tongue and hence why we have to guard it and make sure we're using it appropriately right yeah and i I think that you know james 3 tells us exactly what what you know our our tongue has what our tongue is Uh, it says that the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. It stains the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and it, and set on fire by hell. Every beast has been tamed by man, but not the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Uh, so definitely there is power with the tongue but it has absolutely nothing to do with what what these people are are talking about certainly no creative power in the tongue um at least not in the sense of you know making things from nothing making something out of nothing yeah yeah all right uh let's go ahead and have a listen to our next clip let's hear the the wonderful joyce meyer I got fire in my belly tonight because I know, I know, I know that there's power in life, in right words, that words are containers for power. And I don't care what kind of a mess you've got, I am begging you tonight to stop talking about it and start talking about what the Word says and what you can have. Make yourself a list, do some work, do some homework, make sure you've got a scripture to back up every one of your confessions. We're not talking about some magic, goofy, you know, weird, new age thing. I'm talking about doing what the Bible says, calling those things that be not as though they are, prophesying to the dead dry bones in your life. Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Maybe you need to get your checkbook out and say, oh, you checkbook, hear the word of the Lord. You are not going to stay empty all of your life. Man, I wish I could talk to my checkbook like that. Uh, you know, the first thing I want to point out checkbooks is... anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, Americans. Fir- Just Americans. F- you know. How about my pay- PayPal account? Can we speak some money into my PayPal account? Yeah. Amen, brother. Jesus uh, paid it all, buddy. Jesus me. paid it all. So the first thing I want to point out um, is that this actually is a magic, goofy thing, and just because Joyce says it isn't, doesn't mean it's not. 
Um, you know, in Ezekiel 37, God told Ezekiel to prophesy over a valley of dry bones and they came to life. This is a vision uh, concerning the gospel. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians that we are dead in our sins and it is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings us from death to life. And Joyce twists the message that saves into a message of financial prosperity. And again, you know, Romans 4, 17, it, it says that God gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that, that do not exist. He does that. We do not. Uh, what say you, Dwayne? Um, yeah, I think one, one thing that sort of sticks out when I hear this, and, and this stuff's all the same, right? Like it doesn't matter who is saying it or when they're saying it. This is like uh, an old heresy that's just the same everywhere. And it, it's so easy to pick out in this way. Uh, if you listen to the pronouns that, that, that in this example that, um, Joyce is using, it's about me or my or me or what can I get or what can I receive? Like, it's always about that. And I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> same thing in worship, uh, in, in worship music. I find these days, it's the same thing. It's always about, I'm going to do this or uh, I'm going to do that, or we're going to worship or we're going to do that. Uh, and it's just, the focus is so totally twisted it's like it's taken a 180 degree turn off of where the focus is supposed to be, which is on Christ and what Christ has paid and what Christ has sacrificed and what Christ has done for you. And not necessarily, you know, what more can I receive? What more can I receive from him? What blessing does he have for me today? Of course, it's not to say God doesn't have blessing for you, but um, the, the focus is just totally twisted, totally, totally twisted. Yeah, Sai, would you agree with that? I would. But then again, neither of you have paid me for tonight's appearance, so, you know, I might just want to be cantankerous and be obstreperous. But uh, uh, we, ha we have a tip jar ready for you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I've got a yeah, tip you need for to you. Sow a eat, seed. Don't eat yellow snow. You need to sow a seed first there, Sai. <laughs> well, I'm just going to speak it into existence. Speak to that checkbook, you know. But, you know, I think... Um, yeah, Dwayne's definitely right. It's it's a lot about twisting. There is uh, taking the things of God from Ezekiel and then twisting them to like a, a humanistic point of view. So speaking to the dead bones and you know, and, and breathing life into these dead bones and make it basically dead people become alive in Christ. It is a matter of the gospel there. And then taking that what it all conveys and then just twisting it all to a checkbook, to me it's blasphemy. I mean, you don't take the things of the gospel and then just twist them on the head because you can speak to your checkbook and uh, tell it to be rich. Well, where's your checkbook going to get money from? You just can't speak money into existence because that's called counterfeiting. And then you'd get arrested for speaking money into existence. That's basically fake money. So where does that money come from? You're going to steal it from somebody else? It's just, it opens up a whole can of worms, which is just absolutely pathetic when you really think about it. And it appeals to the humanistic side. So like Dwayne said earlier, it's, it's appealing to the human side. And then they're giving it a Christian veneer. So it's humanism in a Christian veneer. It's the ear tickling that man wants to listen to that just makes him prick up his ears and be attentive and then just slap in Jesus' name on the end of it just to make it sound like you're being, you know, a little bit super religious in a way, you know, because you don't want to become across as too arrogant and prideful. 
it's it's a joke. It really is, and I think it insults the name of God. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. And it it's interesting, um, Dwayne, that you you brought up worship, and uh, you know I, that's something that my wife and I both just you know we, when we we first uh, joined this this new church that we've been a part of for for I guess the last year and a half. Um, you know they had uh, different leadership, they had a, a different pastor and a different worship. Or a different, uh, it's, it's all worship. So I, I don't, they call themselves worship leaders, but the guy that's in charge of the singing, anyways, uh, you know, he he was very uh, concerned with you know the theology that was was in the music. Um, you know, it, you rarely saw anything about I or me. Uh, and now that we we have you know new leadership, um, you know, there's more Hillsong type stuff sneaking in there, and it's all about us. It's all about you know I'm building my life and on on this and I'm I'm doing this and you know I, I want to hear about I want to hear the gospel I want to hear uh, about the fact that that I am a sinner I am a wretched sinner and the only hope that I have is what Jesus Christ has done for me that's right yeah uh, yeah so I you know it, it I think that that's a, a common problem that's probably spreading across our entire country uh, with with our our worship music is you know we want that feel good stuff and you know theology can take a back seat yeah and I, I so I, I lead worship at our church as well and and it's the same thing we try to be careful with some of the songs that we select because the last thing we want to do is draw attention to our own um, issues like now, nowadays a lot of the music is is like the the flow of it will go something like yeah we're living in this crappy world but then i i know who i am in christ and i'm this and i'm that and i'm this and i'm that and and the thing about it is like some of these statements they they are absolutely true but they're so disproportionate to the rest of scripture so you end up with this song that is so totally me focused and you end up not really worshiping because all you're doing is expressing to everybody how great you are in God. <laughs> like, what what kind of worship is that? So, like last Sunday, we sang we sang a couple like older '90s tunes um, with a couple hymns mixed in there because they are theologically rich and they are for praising God and exalting Him and and not necessarily focusing on our own issues. Um, so. Uh, I forget where I was going with that. Um, other than <laughs> well, like I said, than, you know, if I'm the conductor, I'll get it off the rails. I promise. That's you. next week's That's podcast. Right. <laughs> That's right. Other than we need to be more focused on Christ and less focused on our own, our, our own dealios. Right. And that's where all this teaching, this word of faith, prosperity stuff is, is the focus is way too much on our own stuff. And I, I know Joyce Meyer and Benny Hinn and people like this have said stuff like, oh, you know, it's out, it's out of balance. It's out of balance. Well, yeah, it's out of balance. It's like right over to the left side, making everything else fly in the air. Like, um, so yeah it it's tricky because of that right because some of the stuff some of the stuff they are saying is true um but they're neglecting everything else that goes around with it maybe five percent of what they're saying is uh maybe worth elaborating on and the rest of it's just fluff to get people in right so well what everybody has a minimum that they know don't they so they have to like drop in the odd little bit of truth now and again so it appears yeah. like it's Christian. 
You know, Jesus is God. Everybody knows Jesus is God. Come on, that's the truth of Christianity. So, you know, we're yep. going to talk about Jesus is God. But Jesus is God and Jesus lives inside of you. That means you are God. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but Oops, again, you, you know, those kind wrong. of things. Yeah, and it's, it is. It's like a little bit of truth mixed in with a lot of error, like you said, Dwayne. And they have to have that little bit of truth in to make it appear like it's authentic so that you've got a, a, a clueless dolt like me who's getting born again for like the first time in his life, you know, and it kind of resonates with the, the little understanding you have of what Christianity is all about. And then yeah. when you start to hear all these other things, you're thinking, well, they obviously know more than me because I'm still the clueless dolt. They obviously know more than me, so therefore this must be what Christianity is about, you know, and it's not until you grow in faith and understanding do you realize that they're talking out of the backside. Yeah. You know, I'm probably going to throw this off the rails again, but, uh, you know, I'm just speaking my mind here. Um, What would you say, you know, I've struggled with, uh, you know, with the whole uh, Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement, you know, at what point does this Jesus that they're speaking of actually become a different Jesus? I know we have to have grace in the non-essentials, which is an upcoming podcast, by the way. But um, what at what point? Where's the line? When do we say that that man standing up there is is preaching a different Jesus? And I know I know that I know that that, you know, God can use crooked sticks to draw straight lines but you know at the same time i mean if if a man is standing up there preaching a jesus that is basically santa claus i mean that's that's not the jesus of the bible so um if someone believes in in that jesus i mean what what does that mean when you add to it to the message when you add to who jesus is and basically what they add here is that jesus is this cosmic ATM daddy machine where he loves you so much he's going to give you whatever you ask for in his name you start to add to what the gospel's about you start to add to who God actually is and what God's will actually is and I think this is where they start to err is because they are adding to what the message of Christ is all about they're adding the extra things that appeal to man they're adding the extra things that appeal to our base nature so when you start to see those extra things, it's not where you have grace because it's not a difference in, an, in a, a non-essential thing. It's actually, you're starting to describe a different God. You're starting to describe a different gospel. Those are not something that you have the grace in. That's something that you have to literally open up and shut down. Yeah, and that, that kind of brings me to, to Galatians. Uh, right it's a really serious it's a serious matter right galatians tells us that if anyone comes preaching another gospel let him be accursed and not only does he say that once he doubles that you know again i say to you if anybody brings to you another gospel let him be accursed uh that's that's uh, anathema that's you know the curse right um so <laughs> it's it's kind of a fearful place to to be in a spot where you're you're preaching a Jesus that doesn't exist in Scripture. 
Um, so I, I guess not so much to answer your question, Aaron, because I struggle, I struggle in the same way is that at what point does something become so absolutely heretical that it's not even remotely considered Christian? Um, obviously anything touching the character and the work and uh, of Christ and, and the Godhead, the Trinity, anything touching those is clearly, you know, no longer could be considered Christian. Um, but when is a doctrine minor or, uh, when is it not? Uh, I guess that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still not having figured that out entirely either. Sure. And, you know, and we may, we probably will not figure that out this side of heaven, uh, that's why, you know, uh, I believe it was Billy Graham that, that said that, uh, uh, you know, the, the greatest uh, mission field for the church is the church. And I, you know, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, even in my SBC church, I'm regularly uh, sharing the gospel with the people in my church um, because, I mean, you just never know. And I, I think that's the same attitude we have to have with, you know, these word of faith people or you know, people that are, are in the charismatic church that, you know, they say all the right things, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, I, I believe in Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, you know, he, uh, they preach the gospel just right, but then they add these other things of, you know, second baptisms and, you know, all this other stuff that, that, you know, talking about just this kind of stuff, for example, you know, that, that if you have enough faith that you can have, you know, all the blessings and money and, and health and wealth that you could ever want. Um, you know, and I, I, I struggle with, you know, looking at those people and, and do, do I need to see these people as lost or are they, you know, are they brothers and sisters in Christ? You know, I don't know. So I'm going to share the gospel with them all the same. They're lost, and we and we know they're lost because they don't read the King James version only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are the king of train wrecks. Okay. No, but that's yeah. But but if you go into in, into Size Library, like he's got all these different message Bibles, like goatskin covers, hard covers. I think he really loves that. It's his thing. Actually, my favorite Bible is the Passion Pop Up version. <laughs> the, the toilet paper translation and you got all that joseph prince stuff too right my middle name is prince <laughs> seriously yeah the artist formerly known as <laughs> all right well let's uh let's move on to uh our last clip we're gonna hear from our favorite theologian joel osteen oh my favorite I want to talk to you today about declaring favor. One way our faith is released is through our words. And there is a connection between speaking favor and receiving favor. It's not enough to just believe you have favor. It's not enough to just expect favor. You have to take it one step further and declare favor. Every day you should declare, I have the favor of God. Favor is on my family. Favor is on my health. Favor is on my business. Favor is on my finances. When you speak something out, you give it the right to come to pass. Man, have you ever seen someone so happy to worship Satan? I mean, he's just grinning ear to ear. It just drives me nuts. Uh, so, you know, the, the obviously the biggest takeaway from that is when you speak something out, you give it the right to come, come to pass, I think is how he put it. Um, 
I I have never read that. I mean, I've read the Bible front to back many times. I I don't see that. Um, so what what do you say, Dwayne, about our our favorite theologian here? I I think I'm gonna take him to task and go to work tomorrow, and I'm gonna walk up to my boss and say, "Boss, you are gonna give me favor today," and I'm gonna see how that goes <laughs> over on my paycheck on Friday. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go over exactly how uh, Mr. Osteen has said. <laughs> but uh, th- this whole idea of just creating favor by just simply speaking it, 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 uh, it it's a logical fallacy. I mean, it, you can say it all you want, but let's just assume God's going to give you some favor. Is he going to give it to you because you simply spoke it? Or is he going to give it to you because you've done something worthwhile of his favor? Of course, we're not works-based at all. So to get worthwhile of God's favor is to believe in Jesus and to walk in the spirit. So, yeah, I I mean, I don't know what else to say. Right. I, you know, I, I struggle to think of anything uh, really to, to say to that other than it is a logical fallacy. This guy has no idea what the Bible says. Uh, <laughs> what do you say, Sai? Yeah, um, declaring favor. It's, it's horse crap, basically. Um, I mean, who are you trying to convince? Yourself or God? I mean... God doesn't need you to convince him that he's going to give you favor. So that just leaves yourself. So you don't believe you have favor? Or are you expecting more of this favor than what God's actually given you? Sounds like it's coming from a very uh, selfish point of view to me when you really think about it. You're declaring favor on whatever you want to have favor upon because you're a selfish idiot. Um, <laughs> there's no other way to think about it. Who's, who says that you repeating these declarations all the time is going to suddenly miraculously make all these things happen? It sounds like you're repeating a magic mantra or a spell to me that you can say this enough times that eventually it happens. Well, your future's already laid out, so you can't really change your future by repeating it. It just, it sounds absolutely retarded to me to actually think that you can make God do what you want him to do by repeating enough of these declarations. Um, Is that the last clip we're playing? Yeah, yeah, we're going to stop on that. All right, cool, because then we'll get into why they actually believe that then. Um, Joel and uh, Joyce Meyer all believe the same kind of thing and they both have said that you have to speak these declarations out because what you're going to be doing is making the angels obey your command. Uh, Joyce basically says that they, they have to listen to the word of God. But it, and they usually uses an old King James uh, translation there to say that they hearken to the word of God, mean that they have to obey the word of God. Well, yeah, they kind of do have to obey the word of God. And I can't remember where the psalm was that she actually repeated. I had it written down and I completely lost it, obviously because I'm such a technophobe. But to make such well, a say we that can, when we you can s- play that clip, do you want to play that clip? Yeah, if you know which one it is, yeah. 
a scripture that says that angels hearken to the voice of God's word. They don't listen to our complaining, but they have to listen to the word of God. And we have angels that are assigned to us. You know you have guardian angels. We have angels assigned to us. And if you want them to work in your life, then you need to start agreeing with what God says and stop just saying any little thing that floats through your brain. All right, there you go. Yeah, so she's talking about Psalm 103.20. And the King James basically says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. It doesn't say anything in there about them having to obey what you actually speak forward. It's got nothing to do with what you're actually saying. It's just basically saying that, Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. So it's Bob talking about them just obeying God. Again, obeying God, not obeying us because we're speaking out scripture. It has nothing to do with that. And the fact then that we have to set forth these angels to do our will by speaking the word so it activates them to go out and do what we're commanding is absolute blasphemy in my point of view because that is not what actually happens. You know, God does not need us to be helping him do what we believe is the right thing by making his angels obey our voice. That's utter garbage. And that's all the same thing. You know, Joyce talks about, you know, saying out the word of God. And Osteen's talking about making declarations about having favor. They're kind of saying the same thing. But we know that, you know, um, Christ warns us in Matthew 6, 7 to not use vain repetitions. Repeating the same old scripture over and over and over again until this, something changes or happens is a vain repetition. It doesn't matter if you're declaring favor or if you're repeating scripture. It is a vain repetition. Yes, I understand. God does say basically that we can keep on praying and, and to not cease from praying but I think when you're trying to use scripture as like a magic tool where declaring it, it will actually happen what you want, you're kind of using a vain repetition. You, you, you're basically using a, an empty phrase. You're babbling on, like the NIV says, you know, and it's just, it's kind of it's annoying to listen to, to be honest, because, you know, we can all get caught up in vain repetitions. I'm sure we've all been guilty of that. And we can look at what Scripture says about what we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray in faith, according to James 1.6. We're supposed to directly address to God in Matthew 6.9. In Jesus' name, John 14.3. We offer up our prayers with reverence and humility, Luke 18.13. With perseverance, 18.1. And in submission to God's will, Matthew 6, 10. It's, there's the key, in submission to God's will. And that's not what a lot of people do. You know, they'll say that, you know, we can offer up this and whatever we ask in Jesus' name, we'll get. Well, yeah, and there's lots of scriptures that say that, whatever you ask in my name, you will get. But we've got to take scripture as a whole. And a lot of actual verses address this. And the one that I think is very key in this is 1 John five fourteen to 15 that says that this is the confidence which we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, 
He hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. The requests that we have from him, we're going to ask that's according to his will. And we only have them because it's his will to give them to us. Not because we ask, but because it's his will. And too many people get that flip-flopped the other way around. And that's like another... Another passage in James there, Sai, where it talks about uh, having not because you uh, you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Um, so, uh, again, just to uh, uh, make your point a little more potent there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's about what God. It's all about God. We all agree there. Whereas they kind of the other way around. It's all about man. You know, with a Christian veneer. And uh, one scripture that I really think addresses this very, very nicely is in Isaiah twenty nine thirteen, where God says, These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I think that sums it all up very well. Yeah, amen, brother. He's <clears throat> size down here preaching this afternoon. All right. Twenty dollars um, is twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess uh, we're. If do you guys have anything else you want to add on this topic? Um, well, I just I just you? figured to some something kind of fun is uh, I popped up uh, was it Psalm one hundred three twenty in the Passion Translation just for kicks. <laughs> let me let me read you what I got. You here. actually on the Passion Translation? <laughs> what? No. No, no. Liar. Five Lying is it. a sin. <laughs> you're not a real continuationist if you don't have the passion translation. That's that's right. You're you're frozen chosen if you don't have the passion translation. Translated right out of the Aramaic in Brian Simmons' mind. Uh-huh. Right. By yeah. Todd White, so, yeah. <laughs> Todd White. Oh, that's awful. Uh, so bless the Lord, all the messengers of power. Oh, I should probably read this with a bit of dramatic flair. So bless the Lord, all his messengers of power, for you are his mighty heroes who listen intently to the voice of his word to do it. You need a Southern anyway, Baptist was... twang on there to do it. Ta! To do it. Ta! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, not my favorite translation. <laughs> wow, well, you know what you can do with that? You can burn it. That that yeah, pretty much. Um, that, yeah, you know what? It would it would be good sure. to to have a whole segment for for the passion translation. Uh, there's there's some pretty wacky stuff in there. Uh, Mike Winger yeah. does does uh, some stuff on it and considers it even more sectarian than the New World Translation. Yeah, I've, I've heard a couple of couple of things about it too. It's it's utter garbage. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that we get a little kicks out of that. Um, so I'll I'll turn it back over to you, Mister Aaron. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess we're gonna take a short break, and uh, you guys stay put, and we'll be right back. This episode of the Fallout was brought to you by Reformed Inc. Reformed Inc. Your one-stop shop for Reformation apparel. 
drinkware, and so much more. Check them out at reformedinc.com and wear your theology on your sleeves. Welcome back, guys. We're ready to jump into our last segment. Uh, we're going to play a little game called Name That Heretic. The game is simple. I will give you clues to which heretic I have in mind, and you will guess the name of that heretic that I am talking about. Uh, the first two um, to buzz in will get the chance to answer the question. So I have four clues for you today. The first three, you're going to have to get it there because the fourth one is just so obvious uh, you guys are going to be a failure if you can't get it on the third. <laughs> All right. So the first one is, I believe we are little gods. Oh, yeah. I got the it. Second one. I got it. Got it. Craft a dollar. Wrong. Oh, what? Oh, deny. <laughs> Damn. Uh, that's so... Uh, all right. The second clue is, I am a prosperity preacher. Your third clue is, I believe that Jesus is not the only begotten Son of God. It still sounds like Creflo Dollar, just saying. Uh, nah. No guesses, Cy? I would have guessed Joyce Smyer, but that third one kind of threw me for a loop there. Uh. Yeah, all right. Well, the fourth one, which uh, this is going to give it away, but I am one of the president's spiritual advisors. Oh, oh Paula the s*** white. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Come on. That's, that's, an, that's an old English King James version for me, <laughs> not a bright lady. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to bleep that out. Thanks very much. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do some work. God. All right. Well, um, that's all for this episode of The Fallout. Remember to mark and avoid those heretics and be sure to tune in next week. And until then, grace be with you.